Good morning and welcome to our God's Word for Today devotional. And this morning we will be reading Esther chapter 2 verse 12 to 18 or Esther 2 verse 19 to 22 or 23. And this is the story about Mordecai doing the right thing. And we always hear this saying, it's always the right time to do the right thing. Let us read these verses. Now, when the virgins were gathered together the second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Esther had not been not made known her kindred or her people as Mordecai had commanded her. For Esther obeyed Mordecai just as when she was brought, brought up by him. In those days, as Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthan and Teres, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the threshold, became angry and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And this came to the knowledge of Mordecai. And he told it to Queen Esther, and Esther told the king in the name of Mordecai. When the affair was investigated and found to be so, the men were bought hanged on the gallows, and it was recorded in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. It's always the right time to do the right thing. And Mordecai just did the right thing at the right time. We see here that Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. It means that he was associated with the decision makers and men of influence in the kingdom. And that is usually the symbol and the meaning of somebody who is sitting at the king's gate. And when you hear that he was responsible or he felt responsible to do whatever was right to honor the king, he had no indifferent attitude in which he did not care what would happen to the king and the kingdom where he was a foreigner or captive. It was natural for anybody maybe as a foreigner, exile, and slave in a foreign land, not to, not to um, think of what, what good he can do for that country wherein he is exiled. But it, it was not the case of Mordecai. Peter also advised us when he said that we have to fear, the, fear God and honor the king. Even Jeremiah later, he advised those who were exiled in Babylon that they are going to seek for the welfare of the city. They are not going there in order to rebel against the king or against authorities, but seek for the welfare of the city. It was the will of God for them to be exiled as part of God's discipline or God's chastening to them. What was the incident about? These two names, Big Van and Teres, they were two of King's eunuchs. They guarded the threshold, and what happened was that they became angry and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. It's always the case that in a kingdom or in a church or in a government, there are always people who are disgruntled. They are not satisfied, and they are critical about the king. Thus, when Mordecai knew about this assassination plot, he did not turn a deaf ear. Immediately, he told it to the Queen Esther, and Esther told the king in the name of Mordecai. So the king commanded that this should be investigated, and they were found to be so. So both of them, 
were hanged on the gallows. So what were the gallows that they were hanged up and they were banished um, about? We get the idea that these gallows were probably referring to a tree where they are going to be impaled. They are not going to hang there tied with a rope around your neck, but it's an impalement. And it's like impalement on a stake or it's much like a crucifixion. So this was the, the way they were punished. And this was recorded in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. And this recording was preserved until such time that Mordecai was was um, um, recorded as one who helped the king during this time. And we would, we would like to take note that we just don't do good just for the sake of reward. Because what we can see in the later part of the book, when Mordecai was accused by Haman of wrongdoing, the king found out that Mordecai has this record that he helped the king during the assassination plot of these two, two guys. So he was re rewarded because of his good deed in the past, but we don't do good things towards others just for the sake of the reward, reward do we? We do good because we have already received the goodness of God. We receive already the blessings and the grace of God. That's why we can do good. But as Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says, For God is not unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown to his name, for his name in, the, in serving the saints as you still do. Yes, we don't do good thing in order to seek for material rewards. But God is not unrighteous. He is faithful. Even a cup of cold water that we gave to those who cannot give us in return, God took note of this. Take notice of that. If we lend a help to somebody who is in need, he who lends to the poor, according to Solomon, lends it to the Lord, so that the Lord will not forget our labor of love and our help towards those who are needy. Even Paul had admonished us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Therefore, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So let's remember, my friends, my dear brethren in the Lord, that why we do good is not because we expect the reward, but because God has already given us so much. He is always good to us. His mercies never come to end. And the goodness of the Lord is just like a spring that always flows that we receive everything. So we do good towards others because God has been so good to us. You know, He's working in our hearts. Um, how good is our Father? According to Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, He sends the rain both to the just and to the unjust. So the goodness of the Lord is irrespective of people. He sends the sunshine even to the wicked, not only to the righteous.
so we can show good to people regardless of their background because we have God in our hearts. That's why we can love those who are unlovable. He said to us, love your enemies. We should do good to them, not to harm them, not to take vengeance to them. It's not our realm to take vengeance to them. We should not show or sow hatred to them. We must overcome evil with good. Should we not? So this, this truth about doing good must be ingrained in our hearts as part of our DNA as believers, as Christians. It's something doable and can happen only if we have the Lord Jesus Christ, if we have the Holy Spirit. Because to do good out of a sincere heart is the result of the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in your life. So let's allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts so that we'll be able to show good. Let's be like the Lord Jesus Christ. He went around doing good. And it's always really the right time to do good. While, while Mordecai did it, he was not thinking about the reward later, but for the solemn responsibility that he is going to honor the king, seek for the welfare of the city or the kingdom. And I hope and I pray that this exhortation, this lesson that we have learned today will stay in our hearts and become part of us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that you have reminded us about doing good. Lord, we live in a broken world. People are taking advantage uh, to people, towards people. But help us as believers that we will stand out as different for we overcome evil with good. We do good because we, we know you as our good God. We have a living relationship with you as our good God. We have the Holy Spirit is working in and through our lives. So let it be that our lives will be lives that overflows with good, good works, that we will shine. As you said, Lord, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God the Father in heaven. So thank you, Lord, for this reminder this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.